0: got internet that's never lagging whose groceries do their own bagging who's got hair worth extra bragging with pants that aren't too sagging they only put up with a little nagging who's hotter than a fire-breathing dragon jack wagon
1: what's up you bunch of jack wagons welcome back for another episode uh i am depressed and i'm a little worried about george Uh, we have a lot to get to this episode. Um, we're we're gonna, we're just gonna get out of the way first. Um, it's, it's, I've, I have gone through it this weekend, uh, ever, (laughs) ever since Friday. I've just been going through it. Um, this is probably one of my, like, worst weekends ever as a sportsman. Um, Friday night, Oregon plays, uh, Utah in the Pac-12 Conference Championship game. Uh, Utah just mopped the floor with them again, um. Absolutely, all, all the credit deserves to go to them. Uh, they they played a lights out a lights out game. They've looked so good. Uh, the, the back half of this year, uh, ever since they switched quarterbacks, and I, they brought it that up in the, the in the first game, and I was like, oh okay, like you know, not not surprising. And I, like I said, I really feel like their their environment and you know playing for their their deceased teammates, you know rest in peace, obviously. Um. But just feeding off of that environment, you know, trying to get to the conference championship game, uh, really fueled their their victory that night. But watching him again on Friday night, like I was blown away by like wh- how what did they see in the other guy that they decided to start him over this guy? And I was just I was just blown away with how he performed. Um, and their defense was was outstanding all night again. Um. I really don't know what else to say other than that about the game. Uh, I don't know who got paid more this weekend uh, to throw their games uh, Anthony Brown or Georgia,
0: but neither that, one of them played like they had all season. That's no for sure.
1: Um, <laughs> like watching Anthony Brown, like I, he, he has struggled at times this season, but he is not the same quarterback that just ran and commanded that offense to such a high level against Ohio State early in the season. Um, I don't really understand what was going on, like why he was making a lot of decisions he was. Uh, that interception he threw right before half was just one of the dumbest plays I have ever seen. Uh, if, if you guys tuned in to our uh, live watch-along, you, you saw me going through it Friday night. <laughs> um, Sunday, the Bears just get absolutely blown out of the water. Uh, and then the news comes out that Miami is offering – the head coaching job to Mario Cristobal. Uh he has until midday Monday. Um Cristobal is on the recruiting trail and I was like, you know what? He's having second thoughts, maybe he won't do it. And then it comes out Monday during the day that he's leaving and I it was it was it's been a very rough weekend. Uh, there's there's no other way to say it. Um
0: Yeah, I, I honestly don't know what else to say about it at this point. I just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we talked about it the other day i personally don't think it makes sense um no now, no granted i yeah. i could i could see you you or not you but somebody saying oh well it's miami you know they have history whatever i really i mean i don't know maybe i'm too young maybe there's history i don't know about like early early um but at least as far as i'm aware of they really miami had relevance back in you know the early 2000s um you know, they had arguably one of the best teams in college football history if not uh the best um but really like you're not it's not like it's a, a usc or um you know like a penn state some something with deep rich history uh so, right. so i don't know and even penn state like it's so weird like i, I guess it's just because of me as a penn state player like i think about it but when it comes to the college world it it doesn't seem to get that kind of respect but anyway i'm getting off track here um like oregon and miami right now as far as history to me seem about similar and you have a good program and good talent at oregon and Mm -hmm. obviously it ain't looking good down there in florida um or i should say it ain't looking as good down there in florida so i i don't know i don't know what he's thinking uh yeah yeah um
1: whatever I, i i will i i am very thankful as a fan for everything that he has done for that program. Um, I'm not saying Willie Taggart would have ruined us. I mean, obviously, he he came there, he made a lot of great recruits, and then, you know, he leaves the Florida State and just never does anything there. Um, but the, the culture that Mario built there uh, as a fan was very exciting to watch and see. And even as a fan base, a lot of people consider themselves – like, whenever you're a fan of a team, a school, whatever – you always consider your, your yourself a part of that culture that's going on. Um, and, you know, seeing fans the past few days on Twitter, you know, saying thank you to him, you know, it sucks. It absolutely does. You know, we're losing a great coach. Um, but, you know, just hearing the stories and how involved fans were in that culture, uh, you know, I never got the chance to go to an Oregon game, in Oregon, I should say, um, while he was a coach there. I did see them play once in Texas. Um, but just seeing everybody's interactions with the coach the the players ex players that have all had a connection with him it it's been great to see um it sucks nonetheless that he's leaving uh and as always, you know you're leaving recruits and players that you made all these promises to um behind. It seems like for the most part at least on Twitter that you know they at least understand it um, he gave more of a i i guess a goodbye than Lincoln Riley or Brian Kelly did. Um, I mean, now they're still upset, you know, but they I think they understand a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I mean, we did talk about it. i I understand why he's going. You know, he has family there. He has a sick grandmother. He wants to be closer to them. You know, he played at Miami. I believe he coached there for a few years too. So he has that connection there. But seeing how they handled everything with Diaz, um, during this whole time, you know they're they're they don't even have an AD right now. You know they're in the process of looking for one, um, and from what I've heard, that's been, been that's been a complete just dumpster fire, um, and you know they're just letting the boosters run everything down there, which Miami and boosters just don't go together. <laughs> but at the end of the day, um, it was his decision to make. But yeah, I, I agree. I don't really see it being a a step up or anything, you know, I hope he do, he goes there and he does great things. I, I really do. Uh, I never want to, you know, see somebody who's done great things for a, a program I'm a fan of, like Oregon, uh, go out and fail. But, it, it does suck. Um, and he has, he has a, he has a tough road ahead of him. He has to rebuild that program basically from scratch. Um, and with all that turmoil going on right now, um, they need a leader like him, but it's going to be a very, very, very tough road for him. Uh, but nonetheless, Utah gets the big win. They go to the Rose Bowl. They're going to be playing Ohio State uh, January 1st. Um, and uh, honestly, great for them. Like I said, they, they've played so well the second half of the year. Uh, they've done nothing but earn everything that they've got. And um, I'm, I'm going to be rooting for them uh, in, in the Rose Bowl. I I mean, it's not like a USC or, a, or Oregon State um, where, you know, it's a, it's a bitter rival. I've I have great respect for Utah, as a as a college football fan, but also as an Oregon fan. Um, it's Whittingham is, is a great coach. He's been there since Urban Meyer left. Uh, which when you think about ten year lengths, that's just ridiculous. That's um, all. But yeah, like I said, nothing but absolute respect for those guys. Uh, and I wish them the best. I'm gonna be rooting for them against Ohio State. I will never root for Ohio State. <laughs> uh, moving on. Uh. We had a great, great game uh, Saturday at noon. The Oklahoma State-Baylor Big 12 championship game was probably one of the best games I've seen all year. Um, Baylor went up big to start. I think they were up like three scores. Um, Oklahoma State just kept turning the ball over. Um, you know, they mount a comeback. but well, They were down by three, I want to say, or four. I, yeah, I guess it was a touchdown. Um or more than a field goal, I should say. Uh, and then you, you have four plays from the one-yard line, and you can't get it in. Uh, obviously, your star running back, he went out in the first quarter. But just watching that goal line stand and that dive for the pylon on the last play was just insane to watch. Um, I kind of feel bad for Oklahoma State just because I wanted them to finally get their, their vindication. and to stop choking. Uh, it just wasn't meant to be. But yeah, nonetheless, it was a, an amazing game to watch. Um, what are your thoughts on that game?
0: Yeah, um, this th- I I didn't get to watch the beginning of this game, um, but I had looked at one point and Baylor was up, and I was, I, I think I think when Baylor was up big, we uh, you and I were texting back and forth, and we thought that we might go zero and six this week on on college picks. Um, but well, I some, said that
1: you you were already one you were one for one at that point. That's true. Yeah. I
0: forgot I did have the one at that point. Um, so yeah. Um, but. No, later on in the game, it got close, and I happened to turn it on um, late in the game, and and it was it was an entertaining game to watch. Uh, it was great as a as a football fan who didn't really have anything in this game other than picking Oklahoma State. Um, I was rooting for them because everything going down with Oklahoma, um, like you said, uh, Oklahoma State had their chance, had their opportunity to to have their moment and shine big and. Unfortunately, did not do what they wanted to do with it. Um, But great game nonetheless. Uh, Entertaining Saturday for sure, or entertaining start to the Saturday that's for sure. Yeah,
1: Um, yeah. It was it was an absolutely great game. Uh, Baylor is heading to the Sugar Bowl uh, to play Ole Miss. Oklahoma State uh, gets a tough draw. They're going to get Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl. Um, So I mean, great for both of those teams in the Big Twelve. Uh, should be very interesting to watch their bowl games. But um, probably the most exciting game, I mean, we got all all weekend from the the conference championships. (laughs) Um, Cincinnati, Pitt, and Michigan all just rolled to big wins. Uh, Michigan held Iowa to three points. Um, he, you know, as always, they they keep it close the first half. Uh, They came out in the second half, and they just ran away with it. Uh, Houston didn't have a shot in the second half there. Uh, same with Pitt.
0: It was back and forth there for a while. Uh, it was. I, I looked at one point and I was like, "Man, this might this might come down yeah. to the wire." And then next thing you know, I like looked back at it because um, I was watching a different game. Um, I was like, "Yeah." Kenny Pickett
1: had his his fake slide, of course, which is making headlines everywhere. It, it's a great play to watch. It just like the, the IQ of him to be like, "Oh, I mean, I." I it, it's not like he even like looked like he was gonna slide. I mean, okay, he looked like he was gonna slide, but it's not like he was like. Just put his hand down to stop himself. Like he just like kind of flinched and everybody bit. Um, but I I've seen a lot of criticism of it and it's fair criticism. It's it's a great play nonetheless. But I do believe that you know, in, in a worse case, it it could lead to you know more targeting penalties. Like you know, any other QB is gonna go to slide and they're gonna be like, well, I don't know if he was gonna fake slide and just take their head off. Yeah. Um, a great play to watch nonetheless. Great IQ by him. But I mean, I I do see it. You know, possibly causing some issues down the road. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see uh, what the NCAA was does with the rules uh, going forward with that. Um, but yeah, Michigan, I mean, I don't think they had a bad play all night. Um, they just absolutely steamrolled Iowa. Iowa looked like a, a freaking FCS school compared to Michigan when, on Saturday night. Um, we knew they had their offensive troubles all season. Their defense had been hit and miss all year. Uh, they're special teams. I mean, it's always what Iowa hangs their hat on. But at the end of the day, when you're playing a team like Michigan, um, you need your defense to step up big time, and you need your offense to at least be serviceable. Because um, at the end of the day, spe- in a game like that, special teams isn't going to be the only thing to get it done. No. So, uh, But, yeah, Michigan gets a big, big win. They're into the college football playoff for the first time in history. Uh, they were not even ranked in the AP pool begin the season which is crazy to think about they're the first team to ever make the playoffs not ranked preseason um so yeah hu- huge for jim harbaugh you know he finally gets a monkey off his back he's a big 10 champion um beat ohio state now you know they get georgia in the playoffs here um it's 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 huge for not just harbaugh but the big 10 and michigan as a whole um you know are they ready to play with you know big name teams Um, Ohio state has had issues playing sec teams, uh, Bama mostly. Um, so it'll be interesting. It's going to be a great game. I think nonetheless,
0: Um, I I actually, I like the way as much as it hates to say, I like the way Michigan uh, matches up. I do too. Yeah. I think it's going to be, yeah.
1: I I, thought that next time their, their offensive coordinator does a great job of finding those. And it's what Alabama did. We're going to get to Alabama here in a minute. Um, but Alabama exposed Georgia because they were able to just constantly switch the matchups. Like, okay, hey, this isn't working. Let's switch to this. And it's weird that it's taken 13, 14 weeks for college football teams to figure out how to do that. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Michigan does a great job of that too, finding mismatches, making mismatches. Um, so it, it, I think it's going to be a great game. Uh, moving on, uh, just talk about Bama-Georgia. Uh, that did not look like a number one team um, at all. I, I, they only lost by 24, but I, I'm honestly surprised it was even that close. Um, or excuse me, they lost by 17. But their offense just could not get anything going all night, and the number one defense in the country um, just was not there. It, it looked like Vanderbilt's defense was out there, honestly. Uh, it did not look pretty at all. I honestly I turned the game off. I, I think I switched over to Cincinnati was playing at the same time. I switched over and just watched that. I was like, if I'm gonna watch a team get blown out, I want it to be a team I'm rooting for. Um not that I hold anything against Alabama. Um uh, Nick Saban's obviously one of the greatest coaches to ever do it. But um Yeah. I I, I think I texted you all in point. Like it honestly it was looking like Georgia was paid to lose that game by the SEC, just just so the SEC could get two teams into the playoffs. But yeah, they just looked absolutely horrible.
0: Yeah, and and I'm not gonna lie, I've I've had my doubts with Georgia. Um, as the season's gone on, we had talked about it previously about their slow starts and whatnot, and if Alabama could get ahead of that, then you know they'd have a a really great shot at winning. And obviously, that's that's what happened. Uh, they came out, jumped on Georgia, never looked back. Um, and this Georgia offense really is it isn't. Isn't that great? No. Um, Especially when you look at the other teams that are in the college football playoffs, this Georgia offense lacks a lot. And, you know, they have, they do have talent. Um, But comparing offense to offense against any of the other three teams um, in the college football playoffs, first of all, I got to put Georgia last. And quite honestly, their, their offense relies on playing complimentary football with that defense, that defense, Mm -hmm. defense plays good. Um, you know that offense stays out on the field runs around on people starts to wear them down and Georgia is not meant to to come back you get quite honestly you get a one touchdown lead on Georgia you know you're you're feeling pretty good about themselves cuz their offense is slower methodical powerhouse um you know work work on you at will and mm-hmm. and if you can take them out of that and force them to to open up their playbook and get a little out of their comfort zone it's definitely trouble um and while i think they're a talented team overall and a good team overall uh this weekend really showed to me that georgia definitely in my opinion is the which sounds crazy considering they were number one for the, the longest time but i believe that at this point in the season georgia is the weakest team in the college football playoffs
1: uh yeah i 100 percent agree with that statement um I mean, and thinking back, like you said, over the season, you know, they've had, you know, sluggish starts to the first half, um, but this is the first time they were ever put in a situation where they had to, to fight for four quarters, basically, um, you know, a lot of the times they would play lower tier teams, you know, they would take a little bit to get going, but finally, you know, they would make a couple huge stops. Their offense, like you said, was able to go out there and, and just. Burn time and, and drive down the field and score. And this is the first time that they actually had to put up a fight for four straight quarters. Um, you know they didn't get a big lead; they they couldn't relax a little bit. You know, and you could tell that they just weren't prepared for that. They weren't adapt to that. Um, whereas Alabama, you know, it seems like their whole season has just been fight after fight after fight. You know, you think Texas A&M, the Auburn game, you know, just last week. You know that they have never. Not never, but they have had less weeks where they could just relax. Um, I mean, and Nick Saban will never let his team. You know, you see when they're playing FCS schools, they're you know he's screaming at the offensive coordinator because he's calling a you know stupid plays or whatever. That's just the kind of coach he is. But um, yeah, it was interesting to see Georgia have to get into that situation. Um, And I, you and I both bought way too much into the hype. I mean, you were probably a little bit more subdued, but I was like, "Oh, yep, nope, this, this is, is George's year, basically." But at the end of the day, uh, they're not able to get it done. Um, now, I'm not writing them off by any means, but no. my my faith in them is took a substantial hit, to say the least. Um, so on the weekend, uh, I went three and three in picks. Uh, I'm now sixteen and eight overall. Nick goes four and two. Uh, he's eleven and thirteen. Don't call it a comeback, baby. <laughs> Um, Only one game this weekend, uh, Army-Navy. We'll talk about that on Thursday. Um, but college bowl season is here. Uh, Capital One Bowl Mania uh, is a huge ESPN fantasy deal. Um, we set up a, uh, a group for the, the podcast here. We want you guys to join it, uh, compete with Nick and I. Uh, the winner gets a grand prize of $50. Um, so if, if you guys want a chance to win some money, head over to ESPN fantasy, click on the capital one, bull mania um, little section there. Uh, once you do that, uh, create your entry, uh, search Jack wagon sports podcast and groups. Uh, you can add it into there. Uh, one entry per person, no purchase necessary. Like I said, $50 grand pies. You can also head over to our uh, social media accounts, Instagram, Twitter, and now TikTok. Uh, TikTok got set up yesterday, so head over there and you know give us a follow. Get ready for some more videos. Um, but we have a little link tree in all of them. Uh, and You click on that link tree, Capital One Mania will be in there. So get your entries in uh, for your chance to win $50. That's
0: right. George and I, George and I, we, we don't want to keep the $50. We want to give it away. We want somebody to beat us. You um, also get bragging rights to say you're better than George and I. So get I out mean, there and do
1: it. Yeah, I'll give away the bragging rights, but i i don't really want to give away $50. I got bills, man. But, but $50 is on the line. Um, so yeah, head over there and get your entries in. Um, just quick college basketball news. We talked about this on Thursday's episode. Um, Alabama had a great Saturday. I really didn't want them to. Um, Alabama beats Gonzaga. It wasn't. It was a back-and-forth game to start. Uh, Alabama just pulled away late. Um, so Gonzaga is struggling here late, um, raising a lot of questions about that team. Um, I thought they were just, you know, they were getting to the point where they were just going to run away with the regular season and save the choking for the, the bracket. Uh, As they Madness. typically do. Yeah, um, maybe it's reverse this year. Maybe they'll, they'll. It might be choke all their games to start and then just run away with the bracket. It was a
0: big week last week. Gonzaga and Duke went down. uh, And we have Purdue sitting at number one for the first time in history. I wanted to throw that out there.
1: Yeah, Uh, I mean, shout out to them. They've looked astonishing this year. Uh, A really great program they got going out there. Um, They beat Villanova already. It feels like
0: things are finally completely coming together out there. Like They have a good coach. Um, They've had talent the last couple years. But watching (laughs) them so far this year, it seems like everything is – is molding together and becoming what they want it to be. So
1: I'm yeah. interested to see what they can do with it. Yeah, I think the Big Ten is the conference to watch for basketball this year. Normally it's ACC um, with, you know, the, the Blue Bloods out there. I do think Duke-North Carolina is going to be, you know, a great rivalry to watch, watch those two teams go back and forth atop the leaderboard all year. But I think the Big Ten has way more parity in it uh, between – Michigan was supposed to be really good, and they're struggling. Uh, Ohio State wasn't supposed to be that good, um, but now they're doing great. They upset Duke, um, and then you have Purdue, and you have all these other teams that are, you know, kind of middle of the pack, but they could turn around and have a breakout year. I think I think the Big Ten is going to be the, the like I said the conference to watch, uh, and it should be a lot of fun to see them play all year. Um, yeah, so that wraps up college basketball. I'll throw it over to Nick. For our NFL review,
0: all right, NFL review. Um, at, at this first game here, I'm not gonna lie, it had me a little salty. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I was putting up or hanging up Christmas lights on Sunday, and um, I decided to do that because my team wasn't playing until the four o'clock slate. Uh, but I remember picking up my phone and again another team that I have recently gotten super high on decides to let me down well i i shouldn't say let me down what i should tell you was i looked and the Bengals were down like 20 points i think and i remember thinking damn like somebody really gonna do me dirty again every time i put faith in somebody they make me look dumb and and i i have respect for the chargers too but i just didn't think the way the Bengals have been playing i didn't think this uh, this game was going to be close and I was half right. The game wasn't close. Uh, it just happened to go the other way. Um, I started watching it, and the Bengals started to put some things together. And I thought, all right, they might do this. And then the Chargers just kind of kept the foot on the throttle. Uh, you know, kept kept doing what they needed to do, and ended up walking away with a pretty convincing win against a team that I thought was becoming one of the best in the league.
1: Yeah. Um, Chargers finally looked really good. I mean, Justin Herbert. Showed why he has a potential to become an MVP candidate in the future, um, and as to Joe Burrow, I mean they went back. Burrow gets hurt and he comes out and he's still just slinging it all around. He's a um, he's a G man. He is. Uh, that was that was a great game to watch, and it was my candidate for game of the week after the one o'clock games. Um, I mean we'll, we'll get to the the other game here in a little bit, but um, yeah, it, it was an absolutely great game to watch. Uh, I couldn't turn the TV off. Uh, I kept. Being
0: asked to go do chores, and I was like, I, I can't, like, I, I am not walking away from this game. Um, which yeah. is crazy, but I, I had that feeling too. And for a what was it, 40, 41 22, for a 41 22 game, it felt a lot more entertaining than that. Yeah, it
1: was. I mean, you get a couple, you know, late touchdowns like you did, uh, just to put it away. Um,
0: but yeah, up until that point, I mean, it was it was a great game to watch. Um, yeah, uh, all right, and for our second game of the week, we had. Uh, Miami walking over the Giants now I remember I texted you Friday night I believe it was Um, realized that my boy Danny Dimes had been out and I immediately regretted my decision for this game Um, but the Giants really held in uh, for a good while on Sunday Um, they really I mean it's Miami. Miami's had their struggles this year, um, but I really thought with the way the Giants had played lately, Saquon coming back and starting to get a little footing, the way that defense plays, um, I thought uh, I thought that the Giants still had a slight chance. Um, now, Miami, uh, hats off to them. They did exactly what they needed to do. They beat a team they should have beat. Uh, congrats to them. But not necessarily one of the most entertaining games I've watched. Uh, yeah,
1: definitely not. Uh, I don't think the word entertaining ever goes with the Giants game <laughs> anymore. Hey, anyway. our,
0: their game with us early in the year was was pretty good, but maybe that's just because I'm a fan. Tomorrow, <laughs> isn't it? Um,
1: but yeah, I mean, when when I would, I know you're high on Danny Dimes. I'm not quite there yet, but nonetheless, when your your starting QB goes out, you're always in for a, a tough fight. But um, and then Mike Glennon, of course, gets a concussion in the game too, which did not help things. Um. Well, Miami has started to look a lot better here as the season goes on. Um, everybody had higher expectations for them this year. They have not lived up to those. Um, but they're not far off of a playoff spot right now. Um I don't they're definitely not gonna win their division between New England and Buffalo. But at the end of the day, they look really, really good right now. No, okay. Sorry, not really, really good. They look a lot better than what they did this Compared of the season. to the beginning of the season, yeah. they look
0: really, really good. Yeah. Um
1: <laughs> So uh, they have started to turn it around down there in Miami. Um, and yeah, At I least mean, somebody it, has. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the, the Giants, of course, you know, lose Daniel Jones. Glennon gets hurt in the game. It's just, it wasn't the, the game they wanted to have all those things happen. Um, you know, trying to keep pace in the NFC East. Um, yeah, this, this didn't help. But uh, yeah, <laughs> none, nonetheless, uh,
0: good for Miami, good win for them. Uh, try, trying to keep pace for the wild-card spot. Definitely. Um, and our third game of the week, uh, because we needed a game in here that completely made everybody say, what the hell, uh, we had Seattle finally slowing down the 49ers. Um, 49ers are one of those teams beginning of the year that looked like they'd be about mid-pack, and then real recently, they have put on a convincing, convincing stretch of games. Seattle's looked rough, dropping the last five games, I believe. That might have went up to six, but definitely dropping at least the last five. Um, but turn around and and, and beat the 49ers. Uh, it looks like they're trying to get back on track. Um, I don't really know. I, I don't have everything, all the info in front of me to know exactly how much of a track they still have left, um, but it's good to see them finally get a win regardless.
1: Yeah. Um, not the, the game I expected to see at all. But, uh, I mean, I, at the end of the day, I really can't complain because George Kittle still got me almost 50 points in my one league. Yeah, so, man's
0: uh, went off. Um,
1: It's nice to see, you know, him finally being a, a top-tier tight end again. Uh, I drafted him for that reason, and he has not played like it all year, and then now I, I get 48.9 points in my league.
0: Um, no, and I appreciate um, and want to thank your anger issues for dropping him a couple weeks back in our league together. Yeah. He helped out. Yeah, I'm sure he did. Uh, I, Jordan, Jordan beat me a couple weeks back. Just a little off topic here. Jordan beat me a couple weeks back, and I had given him a little crap about drafting. Um, and he, man, you know, he hit me up after after the week was over, and was like, "Now, nah, what do you got to say about my drafting?" Well, I ended up beating him like 156 to 98 this week. So, get off my back, Jordan.
1: I uh, but anyway. I, I again played two guys that did not adjust their lineups this week. Nice. Um, So granted, I I would take the free wins, but George Kittle was in one of those wins, and it's like the weeks I like I it doesn't really matter if he goes off or not. He goes like that's like everybody. Like the weeks, I'm like, oh okay, you know, like hey, we guess we we can take it easy this week. We have Tyrod Taylor as their quarterback and he's missing three other guys. (laughs) And then yeah, freaking my team goes off. I beat him by over hundred and fifty points. I'm like, oh damn, this is cool. And then the weeks I need him, they're just gonna be like you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna sit this week. I'm just gonna be like, God damn it. Um, but yeah, I, I am I, I to start the season in our fantasy league. I really didn't think I was gonna make the playoffs. I think I started 0 and 4, 0 and 5 maybe. Uh, but yeah, I'm now six and seven, and I'm just I think I had the last like playoff spot. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how everything goes. We have one week left. Uh, <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see if if I win, I'm in basically. Um nice. I'm sitting at six and seven. So yeah. And the the guy in fifth is also six and seven by the head to head win. So I'm praying. I am praying I beat <laughs> I beat uh the West Virginia father. Ooh. Um Ooh. yeah. So <laughs> it, it's it's anyway. gonna be it's it's gonna be tense in that league. The other league I don't <laughs> think playoffs start for
0: another week. So oh, I, I can great. I can relax in that one. But yeah. Yeah, I think we got one more in one of my other leagues too. But anyway. Irregardless uh fourth yeah fourth game I lost track here fourth game of the week uh we had a dramatic one as it always tends to be when these two teams play we had Pitt squeaking out against Baltimore uh Baltimore had a chance at a two-point conversion uh, to win the game at the end of the game uh, ended up missing out uh, in a game that quite honestly Pitt shouldn't even been in at the end uh, I believe it was I want to say it was 17-3 at one point, if I remember correctly. Um, and Pittsburgh went on to win. Well, let me see here. Let me bring it up. I can't.
1: I, I just want to. Uh, I mean, yeah, a lot of people talk. are, are giving point. Harbaugh crap for going for two there. Like, oh, you're you the best kicker in the league. Just give kick the extra point, going to overtime. It's like, Okay. You have a fair point, but... Your defense wasn't really able to stop much there, as especially in the second half, it seemed like Pitt was just having their way offensively with you. Um, so one, I you don't want to go out there and risk the coin toss; you don't get the ball, and now you need to re- rely on your defense to get that stop when they have been shaky. And two,
0: just go Against for the, the team d- that scored seventeen in the fourth quarter, Mike. Yeah,
1: just just go. What like okay. You know you're still in the lead for the division. I understand that a lot of fans are upset that you know they gave New England the the, the number one or in position to um, have the first You can't blame that on Baltimore. By. New England's no.
0: going to be there. It, it don't matter. New England's yeah. going to be there.
1: <laughs> I I I am the one fan applauding Harball. I shouldn't say fan. I'm the one person applauding Harball for the balls to just go for it because I can tell you right now as a coach, if I was in that situation, I'd do the same damn thing. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to overtime. Like I want to. I want to get a statement win here. I want to walk off this field as a winner. I don't want to go to overtime and be like, oh, well, you know. And then, because I can guarantee you the same thing would happen. They they kick this point to go to right. overtime, and everybody's going to be like, well, why didn't
0: they go for two? Exactly.
1: So you, you it's a lose lose in a coaching yeah. situation, but I, I can tell you right now, I would have gone for two. Uh,
0: no, I, you, I defend I feel his like situation. You have to let yeah. the game stay in your hands. If the game yeah. is in your hands and you have the opportunity to control your own destiny, just do it. Yeah, I agree. Um, So, yeah, I
1: I, I, I 100% – it was a great game. I I think it was more um, a fire got lit under the Steelers' ass because, you know, Roethlisberger comes out this week and says, yeah, I'm pretty sure this is going to be my last year. He's looked like dog crap all year. The Steelers as a whole haven't looked great. Um, And I think they just heard enough trash talk all week about how great the Ravens have been um, and that they were just going to run away with this game that they were like, you know what? We might not be the best team anymore. But we're going to go out there and we're playing our rival. Like, we're just going to go out there and we're just going to kick their ass, plain and simple. I think it was more so that than uh, anything else. I mean, the Ravens, granted, had so many penalties. I think they had a, they had a lot of injuries too. Uh, their cornerback's now out for the year with the ACL tear, um, which definitely does not help them. But um, I, I think at the end of the day, Pitt just had that fire in them and the Ravens really didn't. I think they expected it to be a walkover and it was starting to look that way. They kind of just relaxed, and Pitts like, nah, we ain't done yet."
0: I, I agree. Um, quite honestly, this is a, <laughs> this is an offense that has struggled to put up 17 points a game. Uh, hold on, a, uh, now that I say that, I want to look that up. But put up 17 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, and quite honestly, that's just uh, it. It was good to see. Um, that's a very talented wide receiver core. They got a very talented young running back. Um, Big Ben's obviously not in his prime anymore but he's still a very smart qb he knows what he's doing he knows how to win games um so i'm actually as much as i have hatred for pittsburgh steelers fans not quite as bad as the other pennsylvania team but a a hatred for pittsburgh steelers fans um my fiance being one of them it it was nice to see regardless uh, big ben put together a good game or at least a good fourth quarter pull out a dub against a division rival it it felt serendipitous almost. Yeah, it did. Um, Yeah, at
1: the end of the day, I, like I said, I think it was more so they wanted to do it for Ben. Um, but it'll be interesting to see who Pittsburgh takes in the draft this year. I think they take a quarterback. I mean, I know they really need O-line help. Uh, you can pick that up in free agency. But I definitely think they take a quarterback too. It'll be interesting to see if
0: a good one falls to them, depending where they end up in the draft.
1: I think, they And def- they have a
0: chance, too, because there's not any going more than likely in the top five. so Yeah. Um, they definitely have a chance. Yeah. And, you know,
1: they have Haskins and Rudolph there, but I think the organization understands and knows that they're not a long-term franchise QB. They're probably a franchise backup, but not a franchise starting QB. Uh, I mean, I don't know what Haskins' situation is there yet. I know he looked pretty good in the preseason. Um,
0: I believe, if I remember correctly, I'd seen an article two, three weeks ago that he's uh, actually dealing with some of the same issues he was dealing with uh, when he was over with us. So, yeah. something to keep an eye on. Yeah,
1: for sure. Um, but and well, if that's the case, then I mean, your backup is Mason, or your starting QB next year is Mason Rudolph. Um, I don't expect them if he ends up starting next year. I don't expect them to compete for the, the division yet. Maybe a wild card, depending on how the rest of the team plays. Um, you know, they always have a great defense there. But um, get a QB next year in that draft. Let him sit for a year, learn. Um, maybe even, like, bring Big Ben in as, like, a, a QB coach or something. Somebody, like, mentor that draftee
0: See, I, for a no, year. I, I love that they got Najee Harris. He's been doing really great. Um, And, you know, the the draft, it's one of those things where things fall where they fall. And, mm-hmm. you know, you get what you get. Um, I feel like they should have got a QB this year, gave Big Ben a year to teach him. Maybe they had higher hopes of Big, Big Ben playing a little longer. Yeah. Um, but, it, you know, it, you got a good running back, which is a great, at least a great start for any young quarterback, you know, to have somebody dependable to turn around and hand the ball to. Yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: so I, I hope for them that they get a QB, let him sit for a year, unlike the Bears do, uh, <laughs> and, and learn. And then, you know, hopefully he can turn into a franchise QB. Uh, you know, I think Kenny Pickett's going to be there. That's who I would take if I'm Pitt. I think he would fit their offensive system more. He's a lot like Big Ben. Like he's tough. He can throw the ball all over the place, but he's more mobile than Big Ben. I think has ever been in his career. Um, not just here recently years, but I mean, even when Big Ben was younger, he wasn't like like Tom Brady levels of immobile, but definitely wasn't
0: on. He had wheels for was he like six seven? I think. Yeah. Like, He could could get around like a steam engine. Like, yeah, it might take a couple to get going. But Once he got going, watch out. Yeah. But uh, Kenny pick is definitely a lot more mobile. And I think
1: that if I'm the Steelers, that's who I want in the draft. If I'm going for a QB, uh, like I'm I know Bryce Young will be there. I I, at least I'm pretty sure he's going in the draft this year. I'm not too high on him. um, But I mean, that's up to pit. We'll, We'll have to see what they do.
0: Yeah, for sure. Anyway, moving on. Uh, for our fifth game of the week, we had Kansas City over Denver. Um, I was watching the beginning of this one. This I actually thought this game was going to end up being pretty close. Um, even still, for the way the Chiefs have been playing lately and the way the Broncos have been struggling, twenty-two to nine in my opinion is still really close. Um, you know, the, only a two-possession game. I thought this was. Uh, I thought this was just going to be a blowout. Um, so, Denver definitely. Uh, stuck with it their ground game is what was working for them uh, as it has been all season that seems to be the bright spot of that offense Uh, which is crazy because that that wide receiver group is talented but Mm -hmm. they um as much love as I have for Teddy they they need a a franchise quarterback in there for sure yeah to get be able to get the ball to those talented wide receivers but they they showed up and and I had to respect them a lot for the way that they played in this game and the way that they you know I, I was imagining like Thirty-five to seven, so definitely hats off to, to Denver.
1: Yeah, I I really thought that KC had found something to, the last few weeks, you know, they they beat the Cowboys, um, they rolled last weekend, they beat the Packers too. Um, so I really thought they they had it figured out, and you know they were gonna just end up dominating the West. Uh, and I, I don't know if it was just the cold or what was going on in Denver. I mean, that's not really an excuse either because it's it's cold in KC. So I, I don't know what was going on, uh, but yeah, Denver definitely brought out a fight. Um, obviously, without a competent offense, you're just not going to be able to hang with Kansas City no matter how bad they play offensively, uh, and that pick six definitely didn't help. Um, I do want to say, is Sherman has looked like dog shit all year. Like, every time the, the KC defense gives up a big play, it's because of him. So watching him celebrate that pick six like a doofus was like hysterical for me to watch because I'm just like you were the worst player on this defense yet you're celebrating like your freaking Tyron Matthew out here <laughs> uh, I just thought that was funny to watch but yeah he's, um, he's it'll be interesting to see how the, how the race shakes out between Kansas City and uh,
0: the Chargers then um, for sure for sure and last but definitely not least we have the Patriots pulling one out against the Bills, and what will probably be maybe not only the most interesting game of the season, but maybe the most interesting game of my lifetime. Um, it had feels of the um, the ice bowl up in, on Lambeau Field. The weather was absolutely terrible. Um, I want to say I don't have it in front of me, but I think Mac Jones went like two of three for 19 yards. Yeah, it yeah. was that it was that kind of game. Um, let's see. Josh Allen, 15 of 30, 145 yards, one touchdown. It was just ugly. Um, just it, not the kind of – I've played in similar games to this now. I, I never played where it was, like, that windy. Um, yeah, but I never had fifty like,
1: mile an hour gusts. No,
0: no, 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 no. Yeah. I've, I've played, like, with puddles in the end zone, but <laughs> never anything this crazy. Um, I've never in my life seen something. But I, I knew this game was going was gonna to favor – uh, Bill Belichick and the Patriots whenever I had seen the weather conditions. Uh, obviously, it called for a ground game, and that's exactly what Bill Belichick would love to do, uh, especially this season, they got a three-headed monster back there that seems to be working. Um, Buffalo has some talent in the backfield, but not necessarily um, you know they don't they don't strive on on Josh Allen turning around and handing the ball off. They strive on Josh Allen getting out you know, out on the side and roll outs, seeing the field and delivering the ball where it needs to go. Um, so, like I said, definitely probably the most intriguing game of the year, uh, but an entertaining one nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, it, w-
1: it was crazy to watch all the videos of the, the like the pregame warmups and the kickers trying to make it. Oh, hits. my God, yeah. And the, the ball, like, they kick it, and the ball, like, gets halfway and literally just stops and comes back. It's like,
0: good <laughs> Lord. Um <laughs> Somebody in the in the boys group chat was like, "Well, if they kick it the other way, they might hit a ninety <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well. um,
1: yeah, it was definitely interesting to watch and it'll it'll be interesting and when they play again in a few weeks to see you know it's gonna end up being colder in the northeast it you know that' that's never gonna change, but if they can have at least a little bit more normal conditions uh to see what the two offenses will really look like against each other, yeah definitely. um but And I was very – like, I already knew Josh Allen was going to have a tough night um, just because the the Patriots defense has been so great all season. Uh, So, I'm lucky I benched him in, like, two of my three fantasy leagues. Uh, I let him start in one, but it was a one that I I won by 150 points, so it didn't matter anyway. But, I mean, he didn't have a terrible night by any means, points-wise. I mean, it could have been a lot worse, but it was – I, i'm very glad i benched him but i didn't bench dalton knox <laughs> and he only got two points in the one league i was like oh goddamn, but um uh, yeah so that was that was my uh, experience with that game um I, I, I was lucky enough to be able to go to bed last night and be like oh we'll I'll have to worry about how this game ends because <laughs> my, my
0: score's already set definitely well with that being said uh this weekend in the nfl I went two of four, definitely my worst weekend so far, putting me at fourteen and ten. George went three and three, a nice solid even to put him at even for the year at twelve and
1: twelve.
0: Yeah, the, the first
1: two weeks we did this, I really struggled. Like I was, I, I think you were up by like ten games. I was like, damn, I'm not coming back. In the last two <laughs> weeks, I've gained on you. Now I'm only two games back. Uh, I'll, I'll take it.
0: Yes, sir. So, yeah, um, I gotta. I'd have to go. Like six and zero, and you go zero and six in college. Oh wait, well we only have one game this weekend, so that might yeah.
1: So you you just, just got to beat me in bowl Mania.
0: Yeah, um, which
1: yeah, whatever, I'll do
0: it. <laughs> That's what. <the> people <laughs> but uh,
1: want. yeah, t- talking about Bill Belichick, it brings up a good point, and I wanted to get to this the other day, but we ran out of time. Um, and it's how system QBs are are treated or looked at versus QBs that are more innovative and you know, improvising QBs, I guess you can say. Like, we we all know Tom Brady's a system QB, and a lot of people take that as, like, a slight against him. And I really don't think it is. Like, he is a system QB. That's what he is. That's what he does best. Um, Like, Bill Belichick has an established system. Um, Josh McDaniels has been their OC for years. Like, they have an established system there. And I think that's why Mac Jones is doing so well now. Because because of that established system. And they had Cam Newton last year, and you can say what you want about Cam Newton, and his decline, and you know he's just not good, period, anymore. Um, I don't, I think it was more so the case last year of he's not a system QB. He's not a, a quarterback that can sit there and just hand the ball off 30 times and just let the game come to him in that sense. Like, if he would have, been what we classify as a system QB, as somebody who can sit there and just run the offense the way it's supposed to be. Um, I think he would have been fine. And that's why Garoppolo and Brissett were so good as backups for Brady in New England. And then they go off to their own teams and they've struggled so bad. Like even the year the 49ers went to the Super Bowl, you know, Garoppolo wasn't the greatest QB. Um, so I don't mean it as a slight at all when, you know, I call Brady a system QB. Like, that's just, at the end of the day, whatever helps you perform the best is what helps you perform the best. I don't think it takes anything away from him that, you know, he's in a system QB and he's not a QB that can run around, you know, 50 yards in the backfield and just fling a ball sideways and do all this crazy stuff. Um, At the end of the day, he's, he's still one of the greatest of all time. He still has, what, is it six or seven Super Bowls now? That would be
0: he has seven, six with the
1: Patriots. That's right, one with seven. Like you don't win, and I understand a lot of people are like, "Well, the defense carried him." I think he two of his Super Bowls. My friend told me he's won by like only scoring thirteen points, and it's like, yeah, but you know, the Super Bowl is a team award, not one, not any one person can win it. And you know, you can use the Super Bowls in the goat debate all you want. You know, we can probably have that here one day. But oh, we
0: um, we're definitely having the basketball one. But we'll probably have an NFL one.
1: Uh, by the way, I just read your, Jimmy Garoppolo did lead them to a Super Bowl appearance. Thank you. They played the Chiefs two years ago.
0: Don't, don't sit there and tell me. It was oh, Kaepernick. Oh, right. Yeah. I totally forgot about oh, that. Oh, yeah. I was like, I, was like wait, I, I didn't believe it because Garoppolo. Uh, honestly, this is well, the best Garoppolo's had. And,
1: yeah. But, but that's I, what I, I'm saying is, like, Garoppolo isn't. He got so used yeah. to being in that system. No, and okay. he's I – don't, I don't think he's a terrible quarterback. It's just he needs to be in the right system for him. Agreed. And, um, like, if you took Patrick Mahomes right now and you put him in New England, he wouldn't do good. Like, I really believe that because New England has a, you know, a built-in system. Tampa Bay has a built-in system yeah. at, or from their coaches anyway, and that's just what their offense is. And I think if you take any of those quarterbacks – even Aaron Rodgers, you could put him there too. I think he's closer to a system QB than what Mahomes is, but he's still just one of those QBs that is more innovative on his feet and he can improvise a lot better. Yeah, and we have
0: yet to see what, like, what Rodgers can do because Rodgers is definitely more accurate than, say, like, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes lives off of making great plays, and that's one reason the Chiefs struggled this year is because those great plays that he relied on making were missing. Right. um, You know, and, and stuff like that. So. Yeah, definitely um, Aaron Rodgers. I feel like Aaron Rodgers could do it. Aaron Rodgers is, is accurate as all hell. But um, he yeah. definitely, like, he, it's a it's a mentality thing. Um, and that's Absolutely. one reason I have respect for system QBs, because you have to be mentally sound. You have to know the game. You have to know your game plan. You have to know what your coaches want you to do, and you have to be able to execute it.
1: Yeah. It's, the, the, the point I'm trying to make is, you can take any quarterback and take him out of his element and put him into a completely different situation. And he's probably not going to do the greatest. Like, you have to give him, I would say, probably two to three years to adapt to becoming a system QB or adapt to becoming a QB that has to think on his feet a lot more and just engineer the offense, own the field as they go. Um, you know, obviously, you still have the offensive coordinators calling plays, but a lot of the times they're calling plays is you know, hey, this is the outline of what I want. You know, you guys, it's option routes. It's all this other stuff. That the QB can make decisions as he goes, whereas systems, you know, it's, this is the play. Run the damn play. Um, and I, I think a lot of people just use systems as a slight against certain quarterbacks as to why they're not the best. And at the end of the day, it's, a QB is as good as he's going to be in, you know, the system that works best for him. And Mac Jones is a rookie who got put into a really good system, and he got to sit there and learn and just grow into it and and learn how to run that offense. And that's why he's doing so good. If you take him right now out of that system and you put him with, like, any other team that, like, I would say the the Colts probably, he's not going to do He's going to look like Carson Wentz out there. Like, he's going to have great moments, but overall he's not going to be as what his potential is if he stays in New England and, and stays in that system. But I, I just wanted to get it out there because, like I said, I feel like system QBs have a stigma around them, that they're not as good because they can't do certain other things. And I think it's the other way around, too. Like, you, you can't take, you know, improvising QBs and put them into a system offense and expect them to be as good.
0: No, and, and I definitely agree with that. Um, like, first of all, to start out with Tom Brady. You can say what you want about Tom Brady. Uh, you don't just win seven rings by having no talent. Um, he's definitely a talented QB. I personally don't think he's the most talented QB, um, especially in the league. I think Aaron Rodgers, on a talent level, is above him. Um, but again, IQ, especially in a system, IQ is, is what gets you through. IQ and accuracy, knowing where to go with the ball and getting the ball there. Um, and Mac Jones, honestly, was, was bred for it. He was in alabama with talented wide receivers around him and saban said hey stand in the pocket this is what we want to do you're either going to turn around hand the ball off or you're going to throw it to x y or z um make that play like and mac jones great at it completed 70 percent of his passes in college i i want to say he's completing 70 percent of his passes in the nfl yeah um if i remember yeah i was gonna say if i remember correctly um an accurate qb and, and quite honestly uh, you and i had talked about it previously. That's all Bill Belichick needs. He just needs you to stand in the pocket, um, and you know they did it with Brady. Get the ball out of your hands quick. Avoid getting sacked. Avoid negative yards. Get the ball out of your hands quick. Make the right read. Let your talented athletes on the outside make a play. Um, and then obviously following that up with a great defense. Uh, great defense. March the ball down the field. Um, you know, and, and that equals wins. And we've seen what that has done. And it's not. It's not necessarily a. System QBs are better than, you know, um, whatever you could call the other QBs, like a Patrick Mahomes or whatever. Um, there's no necessarily, or yeah, not necessarily, an advantage either way. Um, you have improvising QBs. Uh, well, I have one. Taylor Heineke has made his living in the NFL so far by well, either either made his living or lost his living by being an <laughs> improvising QB. Right. And ever since the bye week, that bye week gave him a chance to he knows the system. He knows Scott Turner's system. He's been in it for years. But I think that the bye week really gave him a chance to sit back and say, All right, look, this is what Scott Turner wants me to do. I don't have the talent to to rely consistently on me improvising. Right. So Taylor Heineke honestly since the bye week has become kind of a hybrid of both. He's a game manager. But we also rely on him to make plays by himself when we need to. And mm-hmm. some people can do that. Some people can't. Uh, like we talked about Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes relies on improvising. Um, we've seen it in the Super Bowl when he didn't have the time to improvise, that team looked like crap. Um, right. and, and it's no doubt, uh, to, to be 100% honest, it, being an improvising QB, just in my opinion, just means that you are more athletic than you are, Football smart. Um, it, quite honestly, that, that's what it comes down to being able to make the plays, use your athleticism, use your arm strength, whatever, to make the plays rather than being methodical and efficient. And like I said, there, there's no advantage or disadvantage either way. It's just a matter of whether you have the right person um, in the right position.
1: Yeah, it, it's whatever system fits the QB best. Like, I, I think you mentioned, it. I didn't even think about this. Like, you, you watch all these QBs at Alabama, and they do really, really good. And, you know, all of a sudden they come to the pros and they struggle. And for years, Nick Saban, the way he ran his offense was I formations, you know, once in a while we throw in shotgun, but you're going to stand in the pocket and you're going to throw the ball. Otherwise, you're handing it off to our freaking ridiculously talented running backs. One of the two, um, you know, the last couple of years, they have adapted it more to the spread style offense. That's just that's what college football is now. Like I formation offenses are only in the Big Ten. but At the end of the day, um, you know, you would watch all these system QBs at Alabama get drafted and go into different situations in the NFL, and you couldn't understand why they were struggling so bad. Um, But yeah, and now you see them come to the pros. And like you said, Mac Jones did really good in college. Obviously, he led Alabama to a national championship. And now he's getting put into almost the exact same situation at the, the NFL level and a Bill Belichick-style offense. And it, it for QBs to, to thrive in this league, they need to find situations or offenses that fit their play style better. And I think that would save so many rookie careers if it was, like, college and you could pick where you wanted to go pro. Um, but obviously, that's not the way it works, and you, you just have to sink or swim at that point. Um, yeah,
0: and, and it helps when you go from Alabama to Alabama pro. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It, it, it's it's the same idea you rely on a good defense you have talent and you're smart with that talent it, it's a winning formula there's a reason that Saban continues to do it there's a reason Belichick continues to do it um, it, it fits and and like you said it's it, it comes down to who you look out for you know like um, for example I'll just use RG3 as an example because he was probably our most hyped up draft pick recently especially at quarterback um, you know you can you can have a, a Heisman winning quarterback, but if if they do not fit into your system, if they do not fit what you were trying to do, it doesn't matter how much talent you have or they have, I should say. Yeah, I agree. Um,
1: so that wraps up this portion of our episode. Uh, our boy Nick has his first night and night shift, so you know, big yes, big round of applause for him. Uh, yes, so he's sir. gonna head out here. Uh, I just have one. I'm I'm just gonna go over um uh, one more thing quick here. Um, go ahead.
0: And, I, I got a couple minutes. I'm, I'm here. I'm okay.
1: Here. Well, I, I, I just wanted to go over, um, watching everything go down this weekend with the, the the, conference championships and everything, I wanted to create my ideal college football conferences. Mm-hmm. And then also, I, I came up with a, a, a small little, what I would do with the playoffs. Um, so, just I'm just get right into it. So, in the ACC, uh, teams I would bring into the ACC are Maryland and West Virginia uh Maryland just does not belong in the Big 12 at all. Um they've struggled so much not just in football but I mean every sport they've struggled so badly. Um they really just need to go back to the ACC and they have all, that's where all the rivals are. Like you could say Penn State Maryland is a rivalry but I think it's, it's ask a Penn State it, fan. Yeah, it's the most it's one-sided not. rivalry. <laughs> like I, I I don't even I'm not a fan of either. And I don't even consider it a rivalry. Um and the reason I would put West Virginia in is, first of all, West Virginia logistically makes no sense in the Big 12. Um, I have absolutely no idea why they're there. But I would also put them in the ACC because Pitt and Syracuse are there. And back in the Big East days, that was like, those are my favorite rivalries. West Virginia, Syracuse, and basketball were, was so much fun to watch. But the backyard brawl needs to come back, and it needs to be an every year staple. Um, so I really want West Virginia and Pitt to be in the same football conference just for that game to be able to come back and and not have any jeopardy of going away. Uh, Switching over to the American, um, teams I would add in uh, are Rutgers, Army, and UConn. Um, Army and UConn because I'm getting rid of independent schools. There's going to be no independent schools left. Um, And For Army also because Navy's in that conference. Uh, So they would have to move the Army-Navy game up it couldn't be its own, like, weak thing, which would suck. But um, they're at least being the same conference so they can still play each other every year, which is very important. Uh, and then UConn, uh, they were just in the American. They left for the Big East in basketball, and now they're in independent football. Um, just put them back in the American. Like, just screw it. I don't care what UConn feels like. They can go 0-10 and in, in, in the American. Uh, they don't need to be independent to do that. Uh, and, yeah, I'm taking Rutgers out of the Big Ten. Mainly because they don't belong there at all, much like Maryland. Uh, and any, I don't. I think the only sport they really contribute in is wrestling. Now they've started to turn their program a l- little bit in uh, football, but nonetheless, uh, I'm putting them in the American Conference. Uh, in the Big Ten, I'm adding Notre Dame and Cincinnati.
0: Uh, I'm taking Notre I Dame. I love Notre Dame in the Big Ten. Yeah, I remember when I was a kid, they'd play Penn State often. Yeah. Um, I love that. I- I'm glad you said
1: that. They have so many more rivals in the Big Ten than they do in the ACC. Uh, and like I said, one, I'm getting rid of football independence. Um, they play a Big Ten style. They they Big do. Two, so. And I don't really understand why they join the ACC logistically either. It's kind of a lot like West Virginia. I mean, it's more so they're a lot closer to more ACC schools than West Virginia was to any Big Twelve school. But yeah, uh, I want Notre Dame because they're regionally a lot closer to a lot of the Big Ten schools. And two, they have so many more rivalries in the Big Ten that they're not playing anymore because of this ACC schedule they have. Like, they don't play Michigan anymore. They don't play Michigan State. They don't play Penn State. Uh, they're going to play Ohio State next year, but that's like in every other, like a few years, a few other years they play a Big Ten school. Um, they need to get away from that. They, they need to go back and play Big Ten schools full-time. They need to join a conference.
0: Um, I, to, I, yeah, I think that's, I think that would, that is what Notre Dame is missing. I, I think Notre Dame with their history and everything could be, a powerhouse in college football. Oh, absolutely. Um, they just got to get, they got to get the I, right spot.
1: I understand why they don't because of the TV money and everything. But yeah, you can join a conference and still have a TV deal. Like Texas for the longest time, I know they're always on national television anyway, but they still, they have their own network. Like, but. Nonetheless, I I they need to join a conference. Uh, and I'll, I'll explain why when I get to my playoff format here. Um, teams I'm taking out of the Big Ten, I already list Maryland and Rutgers. I'm also taking Nebraska out of the Big Ten. Um, I'm putting them in the Big 12. So in the Big 12, I'm keeping Texas and Oklahoma. They're not allowed to leave. I'm bringing back Texas A&M, Colorado, Nebraska, and Missouri. Uh, again, one, for the rivalries. And two, the conferences that they are all in right now, they don't belong really. Like Nebraska as a whole is has just struggled to turn their program around. I don't um, even know where
0: Nebraska belongs, to be honest. I, I, I'm, I'm saying in the Big 12. That's where I'm putting them. Like, well, I mean, that's it.
1: And th- like, th- just the Big 12 style of football, I think, suits them so much more. I think they moved to the Big 10 and tried to adapt to that style, and that's what killed them. And I, I think they need to go back to the Big 12 and get back to their roots. Um, Now, when I say roots, I don't mean like just – hard-nosed football that they, you know, they won their national championships on. Like, when they were good in the early 2010s, they ran that spread-style offense, and that that's what they need to get back to. Um, I mean, that's all the, the Big 12 is nowadays. Uh, but, yeah, Texas and Oklahoma leaving for the SEC just doesn't make any sense. Um, I'm bringing Texas A&M back because of, and most of these are all because of the rivalries. Like, I miss these big rivalry games. Um, so, yeah, I'm bringing them. I'm bringing them back. They're staying in the Big 12. Um, and also, because I mean, Texas and m competed a little bit more so this year than they have in the past. Um, I don't think Missouri has ever competed. Uh, Colorado has made one Pac-12 championship, and they got blown out. Um, so yeah, they're just going to go back to the Big 12, uh, where it's it's basically... They're, they're almost like a, a group of five conference at this point. Um, moving on, uh, in the Pac-12, I'm going to add fresno state boise state and byu um i i think all three of those schools fit the pac-12 very well uh regionally and just play style um byu is getting ready to join the big 12 but i don't like that i, I, I and plus utah one of their biggest rivals is in the pac-12 so it'll be great to see the holy war played every year um maybe even at the end of the season for like conference championship birth, something like that. Um Oregon and Boise State have a little bit of a rivalry. Uh I remember when they played I think it was like twenty ten and like Blunt punched the dude in the mouth. And that was I I was just becoming an Oregon fan at that point. I was like, God damn like that was that was cool as shit.
0: I forgot about that. So did
1: I and I was like I was doing this list. I was like, <laughs> oh dude like like Boise State would be a great fit in the Pac twelve regardless. Um yeah. But, yeah, and then Fresno State, right there in California, surrounded by all these Pac-12 California schools, uh, and they're a great program. So I think they, they deserve to, be, to get called up to the Pac-12. Um, and the SEC, so I took out Missouri and Texas A&M. Uh, I'm adding UCF and USF. I understand USF is not the greatest program, and they don't have a lot of history. But um, just regionally, they, they make a lot of sense to join the SEC. Uh, and UCF, you know, has, has been great. Year, the past couple of years I understand I, I, what the last two they have not but nonetheless I, I they get their shot with the big boys like just put them in the SEC they can't be any worse than Vanderbilt they really can't so um yeah I, I'm, I'm putting them up in the SEC now the, the reason I'm I did a lot of the conferences the way I did so is my my playoff structure uh I want a 12 team playoff so Ooh. I listed six conferences there. We're gonna get rid of Power Five. It's gonna be the Power Six now, okay? Because um, I mean, at this point, they, whoever wins the American, the, the, I mean, the past few years has been right there in the college football playoff discussion. Like it was UCF for two years, and now it's been Cincinnati the last few years. Um, it's it's a great conference, and I honestly think they they deserve a, a shot. You know, they play a very hard schedule a lot of the times. They already play a lot of these schools. Um. So we're gonna call it the Power Six, for reference. So every conference champion in the Power Six, no matter where they're ranked, goes to the playoffs. So that means if say number one Georgia played like an unranked uh, um, LSU team in the SEC championship, and LSU beats them, that LSU team goes to the conference championship. I don't care. Um. So
0: like it was going.
1: Yeah. So a twelve-team playoff. Those six spots are filled now. The remaining six go to the highest-ranked non-Power non, um, non Power 6 championship-ranked uh, teams. So, you know, that number one Georgia team that lost, they're probably still going to be ranked really high. They still get into the playoffs, nonetheless. It's, um,
0: it's a similar, like, I, I like the way you're going with this. It's kind of similar to how they do it in basketball. Like, you have the regular season conference winner, um, which would be whoever, like, finishes in first or whatever, and then you, I mean, basketball plays... Like a tournament style to see who plays in the championship game, but right. Long story short, there's a championship game, and then the winner of that is like crowned, like the actual championship or whatever. So yeah, yeah.
1: So with you. um, the conference champions are then ranked one through six. Um, so that unranked LSU team that won the SEC championship will most likely end up being six, five or six. Um, so then that's how they get. That's how they get seated. Um. Seeds seven through 12, then would be, you know, like I said, the highest ranked non conference champions. Um, and I mean, at, at that point, like say you have a conference USA champion and they're ranked for some reason, they're ranked 10th. Um, I mean, I would say, I mean, I'm not saying that they wouldn't get in, but I mean, as long as they're the highest in the top six of non power six conference champions, they would get in. I'm, I'm hoping that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Seeds one through four get a bye. Um, So the first round of games uh, is going to get played at a non-bowl game location. Um, so you could play at a neutral site, school, whatever, I don't care, but you can't play at the higher-ranked Seeds home school. So say Notre Dame was, you know, the highest-ranked team in that matchup, you wouldn't play at Notre Dame. You could play somewhere in the middle. You could play somewhere in at warm, as long as it's not a home field advantage for either team. Um The second round, I would move into bowl games. um, Just to help bring up some prestige for those bowl games. You could alternate them every year. Uh, You could do whatever you want. Uh, The third round uh, would be a New Year's Six bowl game, just like they do now. So that's the final four. Um, Goes to the New Year's Six bowl game. Uh, The championship would then, just like it is now, just be at a random location every year. But here, I think this is the biggest change I would make. So the regular season right now is 13 weeks, uh, and everybody gets – they play 12 games, they get one bye week. Uh, I'm going to cut it down to 11 weeks. You get 10 games, you get one bye week. I like that too. So you have eight conference games, you have two non-conference games. If you schedule an FCS opponent or, like, a, a division – whatever you do, that doesn't count. And, and you can play the game, I don't care, but the game doesn't count towards your record. And, it, it honestly, it'll probably get held against you. So say we get to the committee at the end of the day – Alabama has played in FCS school. Uh, They didn't win the conference championship, but Notre Dame is sitting there. They have not played in FCS school. And, you know, they're the last two spots to get in. I would say Notre Dame would get in. Now, Again, this is hypothetical. I got into a fight with Georgia fans on Saturday on Twitter. I don't need more of you guys coming for me on on Twitter for this. This is all hypothetical. I'm not saying... if you want to see my thoughts in the SEC, go read the tweets and get mad at me about that. This has (laughs) nothing to do with conference prestige or anything. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying Alabama played an FCS school in Notre Dame. Then I would put Notre Dame over Alabama because I mean, I understand why they do it. They need the the, the tune-up games, whatever, or a break in the middle of a really rough schedule. But I, I think it's just taking advantage. And yeah, once in a while you get upsets like Appalachian State or Michigan. But it's not all the time, and I I think it's just ridiculous how rampant those those style of games are, and yeah. So you are gonna
0: schedule a game like that. At least do a lower level, like big or power five, or yeah,
1: like Notre Dame does it, but they always schedule like they it's still Division one a schools. Like they'll they'll play a max school, and yeah. Yeah. I I I like that more. Like go play a max school before you go play an FCS school. Like yeah. I, that just makes way more sense to me.
0: Um, I'm all for two up games, but yeah, there's, there's a line, and specifically Bama tends to cross
1: it a lot. Bama can go play New Mexico State or go play Buffalo. I don't care. Like, I mean, they actually did play New Mexico State this year, but it's like play play a Division One school. Like, stop stop playing FCS schools. Uh, they, they have a hard enough time in their own division. They don't need to come up here, <laughs> be 12 and 0, and you know down in FCS, come up and play Alabama, get smoked 53 to nothing, and be like, well, damn we did that for nothing and now you go back and <laughs> you've got to try and recover from that, you know, to finish out your season. Um, I just think it's unfair to, to both, to both because you don't get an honest judgment of what you are as a team and you just demoralize a, a what could be a really good team in the FCS level. So, so that's like my, it. uh, my conference realignment and my, my playoff suggestion.
0: I definitely like the format and quite honestly, like I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, obviously I don't know all the logistics and everything. Um, but... But I've wondered there's been a lot of talk about expansion before I'm not quite sure why they haven't done it Um, now I know like the college football playoffs uh, are still fairly new Um, you know and obviously I'm sure there were things that they wanted to make sure they could work out at the beginning but you've got things established um, you have them working pretty efficiently I definitely think an expansion is needed because you if you can sit there and have sixteen teams in the NFL or fourteen, I think. They went down to seven, didn't they? I th- yeah, I think it's know. seven. I seven just, each. I just watched I, yeah. I just watch yeah. games. But anyway, so fourteen teams. You can have fourteen teams in the NFL but you can only give four teams of these kids chances, like it it seems it just seems ridiculous. And quite honestly it's while if you think about it, say you cut down to eleven weeks instead of thirteen. Okay, you cut two games off. But if your program is good and makes it into the playoffs, those two games are yeah. not going to generate generate you more money than what two regular season exactly. games you know, yeah. would have. I think that, that, it, that at like, least in my mind, it makes sense. But. Yeah,
1: the, the, I think the reason, the commi- or the biggest reason they say, anyway, the committee's dragging their feet on expansion is because like, they don't want to put these kids through all these extra games, and I get that, I understand that, I appreciate your sentiment towards it, I don't think they're genuine about it, but I appreciate their sentiment towards it. Yeah. Um, that's why I'm saying just just take two games off, and then you know you expand the playoffs. I really, I saw they're supposed to vote on it like two weeks ago, and I don't think they couldn't agree on it. Uh, and now it got pushed to January, and if they don't approve it in January, then they're suspending that vote until 2023. Um, so I'm not hopeful for it. I mean, I obviously want the the playoffs expanded eight or 12. I would be happy with. Yeah, um, some people said 16.
0: I think 16 is way too ridiculous.
1: And, and like it, it gets to a point where oh, okay, like damn. Like we don't need a March Madness style tournament every year.
0: No, but you, I feel like a good representative of like your top ten teams or close to your top ten teams. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, eight, eight yeah. to twelve,
1: I think, would be a perfect playoff expansion. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see how that vote comes out. Uh, nonetheless, thank you guys as always for, for tuning in. Um, Nick last night found out he's having a boy. So again, congratulations, sure. Nick. Thank boy, you, thank boy number two on the way here. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. That'd be crazy. <laughs> but uh thank you guys so much for tuning in as always we really appreciate it um go follow the social medias twitter instagram tiktok we really appreciate it and don't forget about capital one Bullmania. uh go over sign that up uh your chance to win 50 bucks
0: yes sir everybody go go sign up go try to steal george and i's money uh <laughs> show some love like like uh we had talked about earlier uh we got the tiktok up tiktok up and running yesterday um hopefully and get some more videos uh, posted up soon. Um, it definitely things are gonna pick up after the holidays uh, as far as our, our social media content and whatnot. So just bear with sure. us, show us some love, tell us what what we can do, what we can be doing better. Uh, you know what you guys like that we do, um, so we can continue to build this brand and and make it more enjoyable for you guys. Absolutely, I mean, we are
1: very appreciative of everybody's support so far. Uh, and thank you so much. Uh, we will not forget you. Whenever we make a big uh, but, but nonetheless thank you guys so much uh we will be back thursday night with another episode uh we will see you guys then have a great night guys.
0: who's got internet that's never lagging Who's groceries do their own bagging who's got hair worth extra bragging with pants that aren't too sagging they only put up with a little nagging Who's hotter than a fire-breathing dragon? Jack Wagon.